Hello and welcome to the Automate and Delegate podcast. What should you not be doing in life, business, and building relationships? Every episode is high takeaway value with tips, tools, and stories you can implement today. Now to your host, Brad Stevens, lifetime entrepreneur, global speaker, and high performance expert. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Automate and Delegate podcast, where we are helping you figure out what you should not be doing to scale, be more efficient, and fast track your life, your business, and relationships. And as always, we start off with, uh, with a cool tool for you um, that a third of our team members in the Philippines brings, brings our way. And uh, so we'll kick off what you got for us today. Thanks, Brad. Hi, guys. So what I have for you today is breakout clips. So the URL for that one is breakoutclips.com. So have you ever seen that one where a crab is coming out of your screen while you're scrolling through social media <laughs> or a donut rolls out in front of you? So right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, seems complicated, right? Yeah. So do you need a professional editor for that? No, not exactly, Brad. So you can do that I one. Teach yourself. up well for that one, right? <laughs> yes. Any person who does not have a previous content creation experience can take on this one. So essentially the platform is preloaded with all of those templates and you just need to customize it to fit for your campaign or for your, even your brand. That's awesome. And so is it, is it kind of compliant for social media? Um, does it kind of set automated sizes to, because I mean, you get all the sizes that are different for the different platforms. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree. Different for Facebook, different for LinkedIn, different for Instagram. So what's even cooler about this platform is that the videos you create are social media compliant. You just need to set, this is for Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. And on top of that, um, you can use this immediately in your ads. So these are ads compliant as well. So hmm. these viral videos, you can just put it in your ad account and start running. Fantastic. And I'm assuming there's a kind of a free, pli- free pricing option or way to get quick start with it? Yep. As most of our tools that we have, uh, we do, they do have a free uh, startup. So you can use that one so that you can evaluate. Awesome. I know we're all scrolling through and trying to get somebody's attention on Facebook ads or other uh, ads. And, um, and I've seen some really cool ones where things are dropping out of the sky or what have you. And I always wonder how those are done. So breakoutclips.com. Awesome. Fine, man. Appreciate it. As always, go to automatedelegate.com forward slash tools. And you can uh, check out our whole list of tools there, these and others that we found. And we do have relationships with some because we believe and use them every day and uh, or, or about to use them in our business um, as we kind of come across them. So thanks third for digging in and we'll jump to our guest for today. Well, hello everybody. Uh, Welcome back to uh, another episode of Automate and Delegate and um, have another fantastic treat. I've been so lucky for the guests that have have lined up to uh, to be interviewed uh, with us here. For those of you seeing video, uh, you can see us here and also in the in the audio version. Uh, but today, um, have with us uh, Andrew Mellon, uh, which is definitively the most organized man in America. I've been deemed so by many many outlets. He's been you know appeared in Forbes, Time Magazine, and um, and probably one of the most significant credibility elements is uh, been on Oprah and written for Oprah Magazine, uh, and, and definitely helped her directly from an organizational you know perspective. So you can read all about him. Tons of credibility there, but. Uh, 
but I'll turn to him. And uh, so thanks for being us with, with us, Andrew, and uh, maybe dive a little bit more in detail. What are the projects you're currently up to uh, right now? And, and uh, let's share with our audience kind of what drives you, what's kind of your purpose and in your world today. Sure, Brad. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you and uh, all the listeners and viewers. Uh, so I've been doing this work for a long time, for over 24 years, and uh, most recently, partly because of the pandemic and partly because of my desire to expand my reach and impact, we've been developing our online offerings more than, you know, I, traditionally I was a, a, a speaker, trainer, coach in person, and the pandemic just put me behind a computer screen much more. Uh, I mean, I was easily flying 100,000 miles a year to speak all over the world, and suddenly I was grounded. So, uh, opportunity, disappointment, right? The opportunity was we were able to pivot because I have a B2B and a B2C business. We just focus in on the B2C because everybody was at home and we uh, started to build out Unstuff University, which is really the umbrella for all of the things that we do around organization and time management on the B2C side. On the B2B side, I continue, you know, I mean, a lot of the speaking gigs fell off, but those yeah. started to come back, virtual conferences, opportunities with, EO chapters, YPO chapters, uh, trade associations, they started to have gatherings. And of course, they wanted to figure out how to manage uh, work from home with everything being mashed up. So once the shock of everything stopping uh, subsided, people started to circle back. And so on the B2B side, we picked up some business for sure. But the B2C was really where we just went all in on expanding our offerings there. And so built out the Unstuff Your Life system, uh, an elite mastermind coaching program called Your Next Big Thing, and tried to really give our B2C customers uh, a way to use this time while they were at home to solve some major problems for themselves. And you can see on his website, andrewmellon.com, you know, Unstuff Your Life is a, kind of a, one of the key books and the message that he shared. And I got a chance, uh, he actually spoke for, for our EO Atlanta uh, chapter uh, last year, back when, in the days when we could actually get together in person. And <laughs> just had a tremendous, and my wife and I actually both went, and we actually went and had a session, had lunch together. I actually wrote Andrew right afterwards and said, wife and I sat down and went to lunch and sat down for an hour and just was able to synthesize that content. I mean, I love speakers that have high takeaway value that you can implement immediately. And you know, the, the worksheet, the process you kind of gave us. Um, and I know a lot of, uh, a lot of us kind of had that same you know, experience. So that's why I love having guests like this that can give our listeners something they can walk away with and have a, you know, a big you know, impact. Um, what would you say, Andrew? I mean, kind of what's your driving sort of, you know, your, your Simon Sinek why or kind of your purpose when you kind of look <laughs> at your underlying drive of, of sort of why you do what you do? Well, uh, service has always been, I mean, even when I was working in the theater, the reason I invited people into a dark room and told them a story for two hours was to prompt some sort of cathartic uh, epiphany and encourage people to make a different choice, depending on what the subject matter of the play was. And so when I, when I stopped making art in a formal way and returned to the private sector, it was the same thing. It was, I, I could see clearly that people were losing precious, valuable time because they were disorganized, because their time management was wonky. They were doing bad math and they were miserable. And they also were trapped in that loop of what's wrong with me, right? I mean, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with you as a person. You're connecting the dots in a way that doesn't serve you. And so 
and in I, I have a long term, I have a long time meditation practice, and I'm you know I'm like an ersatz Buddhist. One of the principles of Buddhism is that you know when the world is better, it's better for me, it's better for you. So one of my driving principles is that by helping you be happier in the world, I am happier. Your happiness directly impacts my happiness. If you're miserable, you're bringing down the energy of the entire ecosystem. And so it's my (laughs) duty to help you because you are happy. And then we all benefit when everybody's happier the the energy and the vibe of the planet, you know, and it's not particularly woo-woo. It's, re- it's actually based in brain science. And and we, we see what is able to be manifested when everybody is focused on something positive rather than on something negative. So it, it, there's self-interest and there's also service is what's driving me. No, very practical and straightforward. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the old saying, rising tide lifts all boats, right? And, exactly. <laughs> we get a exactly. rising tide of, of positive energy and, and focus. Um, you know, it's going to have a, you know, a broader impact. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Well, let's, um, as we always do in our show, we like to get our listeners to some high takeaway value, you know, immediately. And, and on the title of Automate and Delegate, it's how do you, people are struggling, especially in the world today where there's more to do and navigate than ever. Um, and, and you kind of help people with that every single day is uh, like to you know, tackle, you know, three or so challenges um, that you've personally experienced and kind of growing your business um, or you've kind of seen with your clients, you get a chance to observe all day, every day as they pour into you what their kind of growth challenges are, what's getting them stuck. Um, so let's dive into to three of those. So what would you kind of share is, is a one kind of growth or scaling challenge you've had? What was the issue and how you went about resolving it? Well, uh, again, if we circle back to the Unstuff Your Life system and, and our launch for that, uh, Previously, what we discovered, in, and I was working with a coach, so I want to give her credit, uh, Sherry Rosenthal, because she helped us solve this problem, right? We had built a beautiful program that people weren't buying uh, because it was self-delivered. And what we discovered in looking at who our avatar was is that our avatar, they're disorganized. They have a short attention span. They're easily distracted. A drip-delivered Uh, automated class without any accountability is not a good fit for them. So uh, we reconfigured the program to make it high touch, high experience for the customer uh, and uh, teaching it live instead of uh, pre-recorded and raise the price accordingly and then built a funnel uh, so that uh, with a free five-day uh, challenge at the front end of it, so that people were really immersed in our content and our philosophy, so that by the time we invited them to go deeper, it was a no-brainer. I mean, it was easy to, to I didn't have to convince people of the value because they got to experience it in those five days of that challenge. And and to do that, we, uh, you know, we had bounced around years ago. I had built a lot of work on Infusionsoft, yeah. but uh, Customer Hub was not a friendly plugin. Uh, then we migrated to Kartra and we finally settled on Entreport because my COO had experience with Entreport. And that, while no all-in-one platform is uh, perfect, uh, <laughs> Entreport has really allowed us to scale because again, it's CRM, it's landing pages, it's email campaigns, it's funnels, it's everything all in one. And while none of the functionality is uh, completely top drawer because they're doing all things, uh, all of them are better than average. And we have very little 
um, uh, mechanical failure as a result. And so being on those kinds of platforms for a small business trying to both uh, market in a big way and then deliver a high touch, easily interactable uh, experience, that was a solution for us. I mean, that's, that's one, one uh, system problem uh, that we solved. Now, and that uh, kind of unpack what you shared there. And this is great insight for, you, know, you get a lot of entrepreneurs and, and business owners that are looking to monetize their knowledge, right? I mean, there's a big opportunity um, to, to be more scalable by doing digital products and, and courses and content. Um, but there are a lot of tools. There's a lot of resources. There's a lot of approaches. Sure. So I think the takeaway to share with our audience here, what you shared it, I think, and I, and I kind of navigated this myself as well, is first of all, the architecture of how to deliver this, right? Um, you got to know your audience and, you know, way you kind of overcame that was, look, this needs to be some, some live direct delivery, you know, coupled with, you know, digital. Um, yeah. the second thing I heard was, you know, you got to lead with, with free educational content. You got to start with giving value, um, you know, at, at no cost a lot of times, but good value. A lot of people, I see a lot of these lead magnets and free stuff and it's just very poor quality. Oh, it's garbage. It's garbage. It's, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't take it for free. I mean, it's not going to solve yeah. a problem. It's just, it's like a, it's clickbait. It's not going to solve a problem. I mean, people are blown away at the end of, uh, you know, five days, an hour live with me. I mean, it's you, most people wouldn't be able to buy that much attention uh, for, and they're getting it for free and they're seeing real progress. I mean, the beautiful thing, because it is a challenge is um, they, within 24 hours, something has changed. And so they, they've proven it to themselves. I mean, so for the audience, for the listeners, right. I mean, the more people will never argue with themselves, they will argue with us all day long. Right. I mean, they think that they're the exception and they're good. If we understood why they were special, we would, we would cut them some slack and it, you know, allow their one of their 200 lies to be true. It's, it's all baloney. And they won't argue with themselves. So, I mean, they can't fight what they actually see and experience, regardless of how often we tell them, if you just did X, Y, or Z, something magical would happen. So, Yeah, and I think that's maybe a little preview into maybe another challenge you'll probably share here and kind of what you experience with your clients. But yeah, I think a litmus test is when you're going to give away something free as a precursor to a paid product is that, is that will someone walk away with that? And if they never buy your full product, will they have gotten value and, and, and felt like they've spent their time worthwhile? And you know, if you know that in your heart and you're confident in it, um, and there'll be a percentage that always want more. There's always a percentage of people that are wanting to dive and engage um, you know, yeah. predictably. Uh, mathematically, it's pretty predictable a lot of times. What that percentage and is also varies don't a know- bit. You don't know when they're going to circle back. I mean, that's the yeah. thing about planting seeds as well as, I mean, I've heard from people three, four years later, th- taught a class 10 years ago. They <laughs> saw me at, you know, the San Francisco Zen Center and they're reaching out 10 years later, like, hey, I'm now working here. Can you come do a training for us? You, you, you're never going to not benefit from being a generous thoughtful, open-hearted person. It's just never going to come back and bite you in the ass the way that being miserly and mean-spirited and uh, scorekeeping is going to typically harm you either in the short-term or the long-term. Yeah, I could agree more. I think I think all, you know, marketing now is going to be education-driven. It's just, you got to put value out there. You got to produce content at scale. There'll be the majority of people don't ever kind of engage with you longer-term, um, but those that will, will engage. But to your point, and I love you shared that, I'm, I'm, I actually have an infographic I share when I'm speaking called the nurture wheel and, and, and the life and business events wheel. And that you, yeah. if you stay on a person's nurture wheel and you earn the right to stay in their life, to stay in their inbox, to add value you know, with, with 
content and nuggets. I'm sure like even after somebody doesn't engage in your course after doing the free challenge, you're keeping content staying in front of them. That's a value yeah. that's bite-sized. They're engaging. So when that life and business event happens, it may be two months from now, maybe two years from now, right. you've earned the right to be in their inbox and they will remember you. I, we have a drip sequence we call our addictive tool series. We send once a week, just a cool technology tool, you know, long-term. We have two years of these in our CRM system. And every single week we have people that predictably, you know, haven't talked to us in six months, but because they, we stay top of mind and engages. So, um, so yeah, I know some great takeaways there for anybody that's looking to get into courses and, and content and sales strategy online. And then as a specific technical tool, Entreport, um, I know there's a bunch of great ones out there, but, uh, but Entreport sounds like it's a great one to check out. It's been a great experience yes. for you guys. Very good. Well, man, we covered a couple of challenges there, but uh, uh, so let's jump into another and, and maybe, maybe from what you deal with the clients. I mean, you just see tons of clients and see the challenges they navigate every day. Um, so maybe kind of share the profile, the individuals you're kind of interfacing with, and maybe for our next two challenges, we'll dive into so, sort of what you're seeing on an ongoing basis and what are some of the specific tools and techniques that you share to overcome those. This episode is sponsored by Outsource Access, the choice for entrepreneurs, small business, and busy professionals for highly talented and affordable virtual assistants and outsourcing needs. Visit outsourceaccess.com slash learn to learn more and use code automate to get $100 off their signature and risk-free assessment process. Sure, so if we think about the B2B uh, client profile, right? I'm typically, um, I'm either working with uh, small businesses, right, SMEs, uh, where there's uh, clearly, I mean, the profile is the B2B version of a nonprofit, right? There's not enough hands, there's too much work, and people are disorganized. Uh, and there's typically a, CO, a CEO who has a lot of vision and doesn't have the support structure there. So that's, there's that model. And then there's the large companies like Goldman Sachs or American Express or the New York Mets baseball teams, they have different challenges, but they're, what, they're, what they all have in common, again, is the story, right? The story that's running back here, too much to do, not enough time. Different, uh, I had a coach that used to say, uh, new, new level, new devil. So it's the, um, and while I don't necessarily love that expression, it does capture this idea that um, as you scale, the things that used to nip at your ankles might be resolved, but now there's a new thing biting at your, at your calf or at your, at your, um, you know, your elbow. So you, you have to pay attention to when you're laying down the infrastructure, if you're cutting corners, if you're not uh, finishing out your SOPs, your standard operating procedures, if you're not laying systems out, every one of those is going to be a chink in your armor as you go to scale, because there, you, you haven't built for scale. And it feels tedious. And if you are a quick start person, if you tend to be uh, lots of ideas, crappy executive function or the ability to, to follow through because you're just like you're on fire all the time, you have to have an integrator. You've got to have a COO. You've got to have somebody who's focused on operations and systems because everything about scaling is built on that. If you don't have that, you're just, it's a house of cards and it's going to teeter totter over eventually. I mean, it doesn't matter how fast you're accelerating and how brilliant you are as a visionary, you gotta have that structure under you. And so I talk often when I'm training about the seven deadly time thieves, uh, interruptions, over committing, poor planning, 
emails, meeting, multitasking, and procrastination. And we're just going to talk about uh, emails is a game changer when we think about infrastructure, right? This is something that I've, I've done at every scale with my clients, and that's getting internal communications out of your inbox, uh, migrating to, we use Slack, but if you have Microsoft Teams, if you're in a Microsoft ecosystem, use Microsoft Teams. It doesn't matter which tool you use, but ceasing internal communications via email is a game changer. I saw this for, you know, I do a lot of uh, training for the IIABA, which is the Independent Insurance Agents and Brokers of America. So it's a national association and then every state has at least one chapter. Some states are large and they have multiple chapters. So uh, I I did an, uh, I spoke at a a conference a couple of years ago and uh, picked up an agency client there. And uh, just by implementing that one change, they had their best three sales months. Uh, They blew the roof off of all of their, uh, their performance three months in a row. Like, I mean, it was mind blowing. I got this amazing love letter from the CEO of the agency. He was like, this is, this has changed everything for us. I mean, they, they broke record after record all because they changed how they were communicating internally. So it's, and we Can do it share in some of the business. specifics. Like what was some of the mechanics? What did they do? Is it shifting to like a Slack platform? Like, yeah, oh, totally. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they moved to Slack um, because they, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't embedded in a Microsoft ecosystem. So they just brought gotcha. Slack and that's what we use in my business. And I hammer people, my, you know, my team when we were first adopting it, because they would still want to forward an email to me or, you know, respond. I'd forward an email to them and then they would respond. It's like, stop responding. I do not need to know. You'll bring this up in, in our next meeting that you saw this and you took action. Right. I don't need your, in, I don't need your reply in my inbox and it pisses me off. Stop it, you know, <laughs> lovingly, but stop it. It's, I, I don't want to see anything from somebody in my team, in my inbox, unless I've been CC'd on outward, on outbound correspondence. That's the only time I want to see something from somebody on my team. Otherwise, all communication should happen through Slack. And inside Slack, another tip is to make sure that you respond inside the thread, because otherwise it's just going to be this like never ending one conversation, which is akin to an email thread where the subject line never changes. Right. <laughs> if you are responding to somebody outside and it's a new idea, it's a new meeting, it's a new whatever, please change your subject line. You need to break it so that things are searchable and you're not looking for old information or you're confusing an old thread with a new thread. So it's the same thing inside Slack. You can respond in the thread and then it, it creates a side cat a conversation for you just about that one topic and everything flows there. And when you're finished with that, you're just back in the main, the main window. Yeah, and it, I love your... You know, what you're sharing there, kind of what you were sharing earlier around the kind of the seven deadly sins and kind of addressing you know, the, the initial theme I think you're sharing is, you know, and it's a recurring theme with all guests. And that means that everybody, every listener should take it to heart is that having architecture and foundation and processes and systems. I mean, I hate to break the news to all of us entrepreneurs that that's the most exciting thing is wake up and I want to do process today, right? I want to start right. nine more things and not finish them is what I would prefer to do. But unfortunately, if you were true, I mean, that's why only 4% of businesses do more than a million dollars in the United States, right? Because most people hammer this growth ceiling 
where they're on a place of growth and then they just hammer a growth ceiling where there's a, a limitation of time, people, money, resources, and they never get on the other side of it. And it takes a true mindset shift as cliche as it is, you know, the, the old e-myth book that was written, you can't be the technician forever. You got to work on it versus in it. But that starts with, you got to create processes and protocols. And, and there's a, for any of you familiar, and you've heard me mention this before, there's a great tool called trainual.com. It's a great one for doing web-based. It's a web-based platform that helps you do protocols. Another one called Process Streets, another really good tool out there. Um, that helps you instead of having to have a blank page and start writing protocols, you can use those tools to help with, with workflows and just little things like what you just talked about with Slack. I call those kind of mini protocols, like little mini, mini processes. It's just a little, a little tweak in a process instead of just doing it the same old way, take a moment, breathe for seven minutes, draft a little mini protocol of how to do things differently. And it has, you know, 20 X ROI, you know, you know, kind of long-term, but people have to make that commitment to pause, take a breath. And, and, and put those, insert those protocols, you know, in their, in their life. Um, well, and so that's the Pennywise pound foolish thing about time management, right? I mean, it seems when you're in the story, you're thinking, oh, I don't have the time to do this. I get that it's important, but I don't have the time. That's just one of your 200 lies. You do have the time because you're going to pay for it on the back end. It is never cheaper on the way out than it is on the way in. And it, you can tell yourself, Andy, like you can try to, you can try to massage that and again, exceptionalize your way out of that, but it will all, you will always end up paying more on the way out than you did on the way in. It's just better to pay it upfront, even <laughs> though it, it stings and you, you're thinking like, there's gotta be a better way. I can hack this. I can, I can hack the system. And I don't mean the system that you're trying to solve, but like the bigger system that I don't have to pay. It's not going to sting me on the way out because I'm more clever than every other schmuck that has tried this and failed. <laughs> You're not. Sadly, you're not. And and again, you know, going back to Gino Wickman and Rocket Fuel, right? <clears throat> if you are the visionary, you are not going to be the integrator for your own company. Even if that's a role that you play for your clients or your customers, if you provide that degree of executive function for your people, for, you know, for your people, you are not going to be able to do that for yourself. I, I took that rocket fuel quiz for myself inside my business, scored like a 40 as my integrator. It was like clear that I was not going to be driving operations in my own business, even though as an estate manager and, you know, as a professional organizer coach, I've done this for numerous clients. I, I am the integrator for them. I cannot be the integrator for myself. It just was, it was like mind blowing, eye opening of like, set it down, walk away, get somebody in here, let them take over the operations. Cause I want to run at, you know, a hundred miles an hour and I should be able to, but I need a system under me to be able to do that. I can't be dragging the business behind me while I'm also trying to innovate. Absolutely. It's, it's, you need to wake up and, and whatever's the highest and best use of your time and return, you know, for the business. And, you know, for those of you, and again, there's some common themes we hear among our guests, you know, and there's a reason why, because I think high-performing entrepreneurs lean on frameworks, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel a lot of times, right? EOS, uh, you, know, you know, Gina Wickman, the kind of in traction, uh, EOS, which I've been a huge fan. I mean, when I brought in my integrator back, you know, last year, um, I mean, it was game changing. I mean, it really set me free to really soar and do the visionary strategic work and give me the white space to focus and let her kind of yeah. manage the operations, manage our senior team. And I mean, as of this recording, we just sit 300 employees this month, um, you know, and a lot of it's awesome. thanks to setting that structure and architecture. <laughs> um, I mean, I just share that, not to, but just it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, of course, you're not bragging. You've done that I mean, you're, just, you're demonstrating that it works. I mean, you're, you're just walking your talk, man. It's awesome. And it's an, and I had a lot of those lies myself, right? And the famous, the famous 
last words of death of the non-scaling entrepreneur. It's easier to do it myself than to teach someone else, right? And, and <laughs> Once it that, is. Right. <laughs> Once, <laughs> twice, three times. But if you're yeah. trying to do it thousands of times in exactly. a year, it's not easier. It's just, you got to suck it up, take the time, make the plan, teach somebody the plan, and then take your hands off of it. Let them fail you know, and correct yeah. them and until they get it right. And then they're, and then they've got it, they own it. And it's, you're, you're out of the equation. You got to get your fingers off of operations. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, and, and using tools, there's tools now that make it easier, you know, like train you all, which would reference anybody's heard me talk. I'm, I'm fanatical about screencasting, screencast-o-matic or loom. Um, Trainual actually has it built into their platform now, but that allows you, you know, for the entrepreneur that doesn't like to type, we all like to talk, right? So all you gotta do is click record. You can talk all day long, explain everything, send it as a video, and then they watch it and eliminates a lot of those confusion, you know, kind of back and forth. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, a lot of great stairs there. And, um, and Slack is obviously a phenomenal tool. Um, and there's another one. If any of you are also looking for kind of a web-based project management platform, there's a lot of great ones that are out there. Um, there's one called Teamwork. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an Irish-based company that's a web-based project management. And they actually have a version of kind of a Slack-type tool built into it as well that's oh, a part cool. of the application. Um, it's a, a really well-done uh, product. So if you're ever, if you, if you don't have an Asana or a Basecamp or some kind of a web-based project management tool, Teamwork's a great one. And, and it has a Slack kind of component built into it uh, as well. That's good to know. We use Asana yeah. here. I mean, I like yeah. lists. Uh, so Asana is good. If, if you're a visual person, Trello is great. I mean, if you like Post-its, um, Trello is right. an excellent program. It, understand those are more task management than project management. Uh, yeah. Basecamp is true project management software. I mean, Basecamp will generate Gantt charts for you and do those kinds of things. Asana won't, uh, nor will Trello. Yeah. So just if you're just to, you know, to get a little wonky about PMI best practices, project management, you know, institute best practices. If you actually want something that's going to generate Gantt charts for you, then you need to move towards a base camp or a program that's similar to that. Uh, Asana, you're going to, you're going to be driving that structure. Um, right. So just, and a lot of them have plugins and things as they're expanding, but, but absolutely. If you're ever looking at any of those tools, make sure to do a trial and push yourself through all the scenarios in your business. Cause that's one of the things I liked about teamwork is uh, as a company is they're hyper-focused on the nuances of the user experience, the little things that they adjust, um, and yeah, they're similar. You can do Gantt charts and everything. Uh, you know, yeah, cool. Well. But uh, overall theme, some kind of project, whatever you use, use, use something out there versus a, a collection of pure Google Docs. Um, yeah, or Post-its on your desktop. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we've covered a ton of uh, great tools and takeaways. Um, you know, I'd close out to a third. I think we've probably done about 12 up to this point. But if there's any other, you know, any other kind of just key recurring theme of, of, of that gets people stuck and challenges and their scale and their growth that you see with your clients, any specific thing and or any specific technique that you kind of can pull from maybe your book or resources that, that you do? As I a mean, I, along the planning line, right? I mean, I would yeah. just go back to the, whether it's the Pareto principle, right? The 80-20 rule. Um, what is your 20%? Like what drives your business? Because if you, it, it, this is, this is GM, this is a little bit of geometry, right? If, 20% of your best work drives 80% of your, your revenue, your output, right? If you just doubled down on, if you doubled, doubled down on that, right? So now you're doing 40%, it's 160% of your output. You could blow off the rest, the, the other 60% of, the, of, of your work week, and you would have just doubled by 100% your output. So once you can home in on what is that 20% that drives you know, your high value activities, where should your focus be? And then just do more of that. And, and again, it's built on that architecture of systems, but 
immediately you're at 160% of output. It's mind blowing what's possible if, if, you, if you have that degree of focus. And if you can't figure it out, uh, it, it, again, it's, it's sitting still for a little bit and doing a little bit of analysis to figure out like yeah. what drives it. And I'll share, you know, like in my business, right? Anything that I do outside in the world, whether that's public speaking, it's appearing in the media, it's appearing on podcasts like this, that and networking are the two ways that I drive business to my company. Uh, when people see me and interact with me, they get it in a way that it's like, often people think like, oh, organization, whatever, you're like closets, you're the, you're the pantry <laughs> guy. It's like, yeah, so I'm so not the pantry guy. Look, I mean, I could make a kick-ass pantry for you, but that is really, that's, that's like low-hanging fruit. A chimpanzee could rearrange your, your pantry. That'll be the so title of the episode, not, really the, not the pantry guy, Andrew Mellon, right. we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what we're really solving is all of the stuff behind the stuff. The, that's where people, that's where the bottleneck is. That's where people get stuck, is the stuff behind the stuff. The stuff on the surface, whatever that disorganization, that clutter, that poor time management is, that's a superficial symptom of some something under it. And curing that, the stuff on the surface, magically, it appears magically, it rearranges itself. But so, uh, so my point is, uh, we, that's where you want to go is the stuff behind the stuff and taking the time to actually look at it and solve it. Figure out your high value activities, figure out your 20% and then double down on it and get everybody to take to give you the space to be able to do that 40% of your week. You'll get you'll get amazing results and you'll be happier, right? Because <laughs> you'll be in your sweet spot, you know? It's funny. I think I share a lot of people too, is the culture impact, you know, not only you do it for yourself, but when you get your staff focusing on what's the highest and best use of their time, it's amazing how much a happier workplace you have because they get to wake up doing the thing that they love every day. You know, one of the exercises, a specific technique to kind of get to what you're talking about as well. We always share with people, you know, when they're looking to kind of get involved with VAs and outsourcing and stuff is look, just sit down, right. And just make a list of all the things that aren't the best use of your time based on your own opinion and put how many hours per month you're spending on that. Just estimate it. And I can tell you the hundreds and hundreds of people that have to go through that exercise, once they actually sit down and just audit themselves for a week, just keep a Google Doc up during your whole week. And every time you sneeze, go make a note of it and, and estimate how many hours you're spending per month. And everybody is blown away. They're like, yeah, maybe I thought I spent a couple hours on TPS reports <laughs> per month. Man, I spent eight hours a, a month on TPS reports. And then they start doing that with other tasks, things they deem that isn't the best use of their time. And all of a sudden, before you know it, they got 20, 30, 40 hours worth of stuff that they reallocate to their highest and best use of time is for entrepreneurs. A lot of that's closing business. It's a huge lever effect and do the same thing with their staff. Have your staff answer those exact same questions. And then the second question is, what are you not getting to? What are the things on the radar that you haven't gotten to due to time, money, and knowledge constraints? And that's your roadmap after you get rid of box number one, um, you know, right. a lot of times. So, uh, no, couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times that 20%, sometimes it's the more gray matter work, you know, it's the more hard work, challenging work as entrepreneurs 
and humans, we go to the path of least resistance a lot of times. You know, what's that endorphin hit? What's that quick task? Right. Yeah, exactly. Little, I just want to check little little things off right. my list to do. And then I, you know, one of my 200 lies, not mine, but typically right. my client's 200 lies is now that all the little crap's out of the way, now I have a big window of time. I can do the big work, but that never happens. I always think of, and I share this example all the time, you know, the guy with the three bowls, the bowl with the empty bowl, the bowl with rocks and the bowl with sand. Right. And he, he stops people and says, hey, can you get the rocks and the sand in the bowl? And everybody who puts the sand in first and then tries to put the rocks in, it doesn't fit. If you put the rocks in first and then pour the sand around it, suddenly it all fits, but it's counterintuitive. We're like, let me just get all the little crap done. And then I'm going to have free time. There's always more little crap to come along. <laughs> and the little crap, you know, to your point, right? It either needs to be automated or delegated. The things that are on your to-do list that are fours and fives are fours and fives for a reason. Those things need to either be crossed off because you're never going to, you're never going to do them. You either need to delegate them or just set yourself free. Like just acknowledge there will always be new ones, twos, and threes. And, and it's seldom that something that is currently a four or a five is going to, by absence of everything else, suddenly rise to significance and become a one. It's a four or five now for a reason. Delegate it or cross it off your list. And that's one thing I took away. Uh, it's something I was, I was sort of doing and it really galvanized when I saw you speak about it, is the calendar blocking. And so my calendar now, it's just regardless of how many little tiny little you know, flies and gnats that there are, the little tiny tasks is, you know, from eight to 12 on certain days, it's blocked off. And my brain is only allowed to focus on that one big thing, regardless, unless the house is on fire, right? Yes. <laughs> Those are the things that you got to stay focused on. It takes discipline uh, to, to do that. And it's, I'm still working on it myself. And I know a lot of others are, but it, of course, turn, turn the boat and it starts, you know, heading in the right direction. Well, fantastic, yeah. man. Well, this has been awesome. Um, appreciate all the shares. And uh, so as we close out here, as I like to ask all my, all my guests, um, and we'll ask you know, how everybody can learn about you and, and get some resources and some free resources I think you have as well. Um, but if there's only one characteristic that, that you would say is most critical as an entrepreneur, everything else will fall in place if you can get this one thing. Um, you know, what would you say that that would be from your perspective? Yeah, so I would say that it's actually, um, uh, it's a combination of tenacity and um, some form of open-heartedness, willingness, right? I mean, a soft heart uh, uh, and a hard head is, I think, the winning formula, right? I mean, you, hmm. as generous as you can be to yourself, compassionate to yourself and to everybody that you're working with and encountering, and, uh, and a, a, a fierce tenacity that, uh, no is just a yes that hasn't become a yes yet, right? I mean, yeah. so that few people are overnight successes. It looks like that when they get some visibility, like, oh my God, where have you been, right? right? I've been <laughs> in the trenches for 24 years is where I've been. It's like, I've been the best kept secret forever, right? Not everything is magically airlifted up into high visibility <laughs> and catapulted into, you know, uh, visibility and, and financial reward. That is, chasing that is a fool's errand, right? I mean, keeping your head down, if you're in the game to play the game and to win the game, whatever that means to you, then the reward is every day you can put your head on the pillow knowing that you played full out, you showed up, you told the truth, um, you did your best, and you made enough money at least to be able to keep the lights on and do it tomorrow. And tomorrow is another opportunity to scale, to grow, to 
have bigger impact, um, you know, to live in alignment with your values, to support other people in doing the same thing. I mean, what could be better? We're so fortunate to be able to build our own lives um, in the way that we want to. And, and of course, we want everybody to have that privilege, to have that opportunity. Um, and if that's where we're driving, then it, you just keep returning to a sense of gratitude and tenacity, right? I mean, I'm so grateful for my life and I'm not finished. There's so much more that I want to accomplish, not based on my ego, but based on the impact, you know, I mean, I'm here for a finite period of time. We have this opportunity to influence the world and shape it and make it a better place than it was when we found it. So I want to do as much of that as I can before I leave, because when I leave, you know, I'll leave things behind. There will be books and there will be systems and things, and, and hopefully they will continue to influence people. But while I'm here, it's like a double whammy, right? I mean, you got the, you have the technology, my intellectual property, and you have me as the persuasive uh, engager. So yeah. I want as much of that as I possibly can before I leave. I love that phrase, uh, hard head and a soft heart, you know, tenacity yeah. and willingness. And again, common thing that we hear and Everybody knows I talk a lot about Jim Collins and then uh, just recently revisited again, great by choice. And, um, you know, yeah. when he looks at all the great leaders and all the companies they studied, you know, the number one characteristic is fanatical discipline. I mean, you've got to have consistent execution and behavior, you know, over a period of time. So, well, fantastic, man. Well, thank you so much for, for, for being with us. Uh, Andrew, not the pantry guy, Mellon. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's uh, M-E-L-L-E-N, Andrew, uh, M-E-L-L-E-N, uh, andrewmellon.com. I know is a, a key place you can kind of go and find. So, um, so yeah, Andrew, where can everybody kind of learn more about you? Want to share social handles, websites, any kind of offers or free Sure, resources? we've got a robust YouTube channel. Um, you know, uh, you, you can definitely find me there. Everything is Andrew Mellon, either with an underscore. You know, you, you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter. I think uh, for some reason there's a J, uh, which is my middle initial. So Andrew J. Mellon at Twitter. LinkedIn, I'm Andrew Mellon. Uh, YouTube, it's Andrew Mellon. And, of course, the website, as you said, is andrewmellon.com. And you'll find... Um, You'll find lots of information there. Uh, if, you're, if you if if you want to just start a conversation, it's easy enough to just send an email to hello at andrewmellon.com. And as you pointed out, it, the last name is M-E-L-L-E-N. Uh, and uh, I'd love to talk to anybody who wants to uh, change how they think about, feel about, and interact with time or stuff. So... Absolutely. And a phenomenal speaker. And if you ever are part of organizations and looking for someone to come in and a very, very high takeaway speaking experience, uh, can definitely testify. Andrew's fantastic on, on that front as well. And you check out his website, depending on the timing of when you hear this recording, um, you know, he's doing these kind of rolling free challenges. Oh, as well we do. That yeah. Can, uh, I mean, that you can enroll in. So, uh, uh, yeah, when, the next you challenge will, that be earlier. In, will be in April. Uh, so depending on when you're listening to this, right. I mean, every, yeah. every couple of months we roll out another one of the, what we call the de-stress your mess challenge. It's free five-day challenge. And then, uh, and then we typically invite people to join us for the Unstuff Your Life system, which is a 10-week uh, deep dive into decluttering. But again, yeah, not about your pantry. You, you might think <laughs> it's about your pantry, but you're going to... I love the, 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 the epiphanies that people have. They're like, oh my God, this is so much more than I thought it was going to be. It's like, of course it is. Of course it is. I mean, <laughs> it's never the stuff. It's always the stuff behind the stuff. It's a great way to, uh, to close. 
Well, thanks again, Andrew. Appreciate you being with us. Uh, it's been a great pleasure to get to, to know you and see your work uh, in, in action out there. Um, and for all our listeners, you can always go to automatedelegate.com. You can see all of our episodes with any other any of our is, uh, listeners and kind of search for us on anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can you can find us there. Um, same format with all of our all of our interviews. So awesome, Andrew. Take care, sir. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Brad. My pleasure. Bye, everybody. This episode is sponsored by Outsource Access, the choice for entrepreneurs, small business, and busy professionals for highly talented and affordable virtual assistants and outsourcing needs. Visit outsourceaccess.com slash learn to learn more and use code automate to get $100 off their signature and risk-free assessment process.